is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Okay, a little bit of NFL draft talk, a little bit of rankings talk, a lot of your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. What's up? We welcome you to Fantasy Football Today. The four of us are here. I am Adam Azer. Dave is here. Hi, Dave Richard. What up, yo? Oh, feeling good, man. Week till the draft. I'm excited. I know you guys did a mock draft on HQ. We'll talk about that. Hello, Jamie Eisenberg. Hello, Adam Azer. Okay, Heath, bring the fun. Heath Cummings. Really glad I was able to fit you in today. What do you mean? I just, it's been a while since we've yeah. talked. Oh, it is. And we're putting your rankings to the test. We're going to look at your rankings of David Johnson, of Chris Carson, of Juju Smith-Schuster, and of Alshon Jeffrey. They are uh, fairly different than what we see wait, from wait, David Wait, wait, stop Jamie. there. I want, to, I want to ask Heath a rankings question. Heath, where did you rank you Darvish before the season? Uh, below where Adam had him. This is Well, a, I mean, Adam had him like top three. So right, the, the, yeah. I had only him, one place to go. I think I had him around 14 or so. Adam had him as a top three starting pitcher. Uh, I know that you yeah, guys no, took him. Yeah, no, that's false, false. So over Garrett Cole, nobody would have I know. Thank you, Dave. And, and let me just say that that like basically rule number one, not rule number one, but rule number like four of this podcast and all the podcasts that I host, all two of them, no inside jokes. I say it over and over and over again. So if you hear any inside jokes Why on this podcast, joke? it's not my fault. It's typically Jamie's fault. I'm pointing the finger squarely at Jamie. All right, Jamie, you you mentioned you, a finger you, you're choosing to to point. Are at you him. sullying my name? Yes, Jamie. Um. You mentioned you teased an auction strategy that you were going to talk about. Are you prepared to talk about the, an auction strategy? Sure, I can BS my way through it. Um, <laughs> I had a conversation with uh, one of our uh, coworkers here, Michael Kaiser, and he, he goes by Michael when he wants to be formal. And in our auction last year, he left $33 on the table of a $100 budget. His team was fairly competitive. Uh, I don't know made how— Made the playoffs. Uh, okay, so even better. So he made the playoffs. Um, I don't know how in um, how on on top of his waiver moves he was during the season, but clearly he could have probably had a better team if he spent that thirty three dollars on some high profile players. But in the course of the conversation about uh, his team from a year ago, we started talking about could you just get away with? Clearly, it's easy to spend a dollar or maybe you know two dollars on quarterback, tight end, kicker, defense. Based on at least how our our auctions have gone the last few years, we found a lot of value at quarterback. You know you can do it certainly at, at kicker and defense, and then you take a flyer on one of the tight ends. But what if you just did that, and then instead of spending on guys, you took $5 in that range and just tried to make sure you lock up all of the hot-button rookies or late-round potential guys and just filled your team that way? So just all upside? But it, it's obviously easy to say upside, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking at guys that are on talented roster. The, the, the conversation we had was like, could you look at Smith Schuster on the Steelers because it's a high profile pa- passing game, passing attack. And, you know, if he gets an opportunity, he could be good. Alvin Kamara as the third running back for the Saints. Could he be good? You know, just taking shots on all those guys on good teams that may or may not get an opportunity. You're talking about you- those guys as they were rookies, not now. Like yeah, but that, even like well, you're the, looking for this year's version. But, but sure, even yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. the the potential, the, obviously this year's version. But like the the retread guys too that may still have some some value. So like, could you get let's say Josh Doxson or Jamison Crowder who could be the number one guy in Washington and just you know like take five running backs, five receivers that way and just build the team in that direction. Could you have success? 
where uh, I don't think it's the easy way. <laughs> no, it's not the easy way. It's not. It's not a simple strategy. <laughs> Wait, where are you spending approach. big? You're not. You're not. Never. That's, you're gonna. No. You're gonna no, have no, so then, much money left. Then over. I don't like that's, it. That, that's the thing. Like, could, yeah. could you get away with not spending money in an auction? I guess that I, was the strategy. Yeah. Uh, that's a, that is a strategy. Yeah, that sounds like the dumbest strategy <laughs> ever. Yeah, this is terrible. I think, uh, but you could do a hybrid of like if you have all that money spent o- sent uh, left over. I think it was just the the, the way the, I just got finished talking about it. So <laughs> when I was thinking about it, it was more would it be fun to do it? Not necessarily as a good strategy. Well, I so mean, you if spend, you want to, let's say you've got a hundred dollar budget, mm-hmm. you're going to give up a buck on a quarterback, a buck on a DST, a buck on a kicker, yeah, 90, and a buck on a tight end. Ninety six, ninety five dollars. So you've got. All that left over and divided by out. ten spots. What if you only spent thirty of it? <laughs> I mean, is it a dare? Do I get a Do I get a prize? You can do this, JB. Could, could you be successful? You can do this, but you have that money spent. Said uh, God, why do I keep saying that? Left over. You could obviously spend it on really good players. Like you could get two really good players and then do that strategy. Like that could work. That's not as fun. That's not as fun. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. I think that could be fun. No, no, it's not as fun. That's I fun. think we need Kaiser on the podcast. To you explain. spend spend twenty five on a wide receiver, thirty on a running back, and then you splurge thirty ish on another running back. So you've got eighty five tied up in three stud players. You have but fifteen dollars left. That, that's for already, the rest that's already a strategy. People do that. People do. do right. Jamie's breaking ground here. I want I want to do the the more fun approach and just see if you could be successful just taking. Bad players players. Like crap. <laughs> right. Yeah, okay, great. So, uh, hey, vote for us for podcast awards next time that's out because these five minutes have been, uh, award, award winning stuff. Uh, here's an email of the day from Brandon at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. I'm thinking I probably should have asked Jamie what the strategy was before <laughs> I made it the lead of no, the no, show. No, no, no. This wait, was I got great. A, I got a better tease for next, next show. Wait, wait till <laughs> this one. Jamie's got a kicker strategy he's going to give us. Um, all right, here's the email from Brandon. We do our wish lists. Wish lists. <laughs> Brandon wants to know, are you guys going to do the predict the top ten picks for a spot in the podcast league thing this year? Yes, we are. All right, so what is that? Well, you want in the podcast league? This is your first opportunity. Let us know who you think the top ten picks of the upcoming NFL draft are going to be. And has to be in the right order. So one, Josh Allen, or whoever you think it's going to be, two, Barkley, whatever. It doesn't matter which team takes them. Just the order. The winner will probably get seven right, something like that. Most people will probably get three or four right. Um, here's here's It's a two-part thing. Part one is this. Yes, I want to know who you think is going to uh, – who, who you think will be the top ten picks. Part two, more importantly, people have – tweeted me or emailed me and said there is a better way to do it than the way I currently do it, which is having everybody send an email, and then I go through, like, hundreds of emails. It takes forever. So if you could first tell me the more efficient way to do it, like maybe a Google Doc or something that I could share, uh, then, yes, please please email me with that information or tweet me, fantasyfootball at cbsi.com, or you can tweet at Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R. If you can think of a better, more efficient way that will save me hours, I would I really it. love you it's, for that. It, it's on par with my auction strategy. No, stop. stop. No, but this is going to be good. Everybody yep. should leave their top ten in order on the voicemail. On the voicemail. And then just yeah. listen to them and have to write them all down. <laughs> I was not thinking as a strategy for this contest, what if people just picked the top five and didn't send the other five? Do you think they could win that way? <laughs> <laughs> and and for, that their, brilliant. for their top five, just pick guys that are probably going to be drafted in like the fifth round. Um, yeah, so if you could help me out with that, that'd be great. And then I would say send in your top 10 picks emails 
Monday or later, okay? It doesn't really matter when you send them. You want the most information you can get, so you should wait. But, yes, we will do that. The email address is fantasyfootball.cbsi.com. We're going to do another podcast on Monday. At that point, I will announce the final details of the contest and how to enter. Now, email of the day number two. When is the cutoff? Thursday morning? Yeah, Thursday morning before the draft. Email of the day number two is from Greg. Greetings, Robert, Travis, Zachariah, and Evan. Okay, great. Tight ends. They are? Those are my top four tight ends. Oh, Gronkowski, Kelsey, Zachariah Ertz, and Evan Ingram. 12-team PPR, 16, team, 16 draft spots. Um, in a recent podcast, someone alluded to a strategy I've considered. I have in the past taken an elite-level tight end in the first six rounds. It's paid off. But this year, I am considering waiting on a tight end, utilizing my first six picks on running back and wide receiver, and I want to take two tight ends in the last half of the draft with the hope that at least one will break out. Maybe a combination of O.J. Howard and George Kittle, Trey Burton, or even a rookie. I feel like this rookie tight end class is another good one and could produce another Evan Ingram. I took Ingram in the 16th round last year. So Greg's strategy is first six picks to running backs and wide receivers. He hasn't talked about quarterback, but that's obviously later. And then late in the draft, two tight ends with upside. What do you guys think? I I like it. But I would prefer just generally saying that taking two tight ends is a good idea this year. I think the position is deep enough to where you can do it. One of them will be a late pick. Another one, you can have two late round picks as tight ends, or you can get one early and then just earmark a bench spot for another one later. You're going to hear a lot of people talk about drafting two quarterbacks this year. And I don't have a problem with that either, except when the time comes to where one of the other owners in your league needs a quarterback, the trade market isn't going to be that strong. He won't have to give up that much because there's going to be three or four other teams in the league that have a backup quarterback to deal. So, because I think more people are going to do it. So having a backup tight end and having one that hits, that'll get you more in trade or it'll give you a second starter for your team or a first starter tight end if your other tight end sucks. And I think this is a great year to give that a shot. Okay. Uh, I don't really know about the rookies. There's probably only one that we're going to be looking at, D- Dallas Goddard, who's out of South Dakota State. And um, I do want to ask you guys, do you can you name the tight ends in the 2013 draft class? 2013? Yeah. It, this is, is one of Ebron? the this has got to be one of the greatest tight end drafts ever. 2013. That's Kelsey Ertz. Mm. Yep. Who else? Two more big ones. So these guys are entering their fifth year. And, yeah, who was the first one taken before Kelsey, before Ertz? Was it the Ebron year? No. He was no. 2014. It was Tyler Eifert was one. Zach Ertz two. Who is one of those late-round sleepers, by the way, believe it or not. Yeah. Like, final round. Like, it's my last pick. I've already taken the kicker in a defense. What the hell? Eifert, He's Ertz. Healthy. Gavin Escobar was the third tight end. Vance McDonald was the fourth. And then Travis Kelsey. And then Jordan Reed. But none of those guys finished his top 15 tight ends. It's very rare to see what Evan Ingram did. He was top five last year. The year before that, Hunter Henry was 11th in standard, but 19th in PPR. It's pretty rare to have a, a must-start tight end as a rookie. Um, all right. Thank you for uh, yeah, Don't Don't overlook Hayden Hurst, though, as a rookie tight end from okay. South Carolina. Like everything else, it's going to come down to fit. News and notes. Tom Brady, according to ESPN, is not committed to playing this season. Do you guys uh, make a lot of this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, I get it. 
Le'Veon Bell did not report for the Steelers' voluntary offseason program. There was a report today that, that probably is not true that said that the Browns could draft two quarterbacks with their first two picks, which are one and four. I brought that up when we interviewed Nathan Zagura, and I think, Heath, I think they should do it. I think they should draft two quarterbacks. I think they should draft two quarterbacks as well. I do not think that they should use their first two picks to do that. I believe they should use one of their first two picks and then take one later in the draft. Okay, fine. The Giants drafting Saquon Barkley second overall feels inevitable, according to Todd McShay. Reminder that the Giants added left tackle Nate Solder and guard Patrick Omame this offseason. And Dave and Jamie, you guys just got off CBS Sports HQ. Uh, well, you pre-recorded a segment where you're doing a mock draft with some of our NFL experts. Um, did, did Barkley go second to the Giants? Uh, no, he fell to uh, 22. <laughs> Nobody wanted him. <laughs> He did. He went to the Giants. You know, there's more Giants news on top of this. Oh, right. They cut Brandon Marshall. Oh, yeah. That's that guy. Cool. Yeah. Does that open a door for Des Bryant? Do Odell and Des play on the same team? Probably not. Right. I don't think so either, but it's kind of fun to think about. <laughs> I sound creepy when I whisper. Would you guys like that destination for, uh, for Saquon? It's not my favorite of the three teams in the top seven that he can go to, or maybe I guess four. Uh, I don't think he's going to Cleveland personally, but um, I would much rather see him in Indianapolis or Tampa Bay. If you build it, they will come. The uh, the Dolphins are expected to pick up Devontae Parker's fifth-year option, according to the Palm Beach, Palm Beach Post. Tampa Bay linebacker Kendall Beckwith, he was in a car accident. He needs ankle surgery and might miss the start of the season, and we hope not. Speedy recovery, Kendall Beckwith. And then this is interesting. Matt Nagy, the Bears head coach, said that Jordan Howard will be the featured back. He also said he will move Tariq Cohen around, and he said that Kevin White has a big ceiling. But let's talk about Jordan Howard, who actually has been a top ten, a top twelve running back two years. No, top ten. He was ninth as a rookie. He was tenth last year in standard. He was ninth in PPR and fourteenth in PPR in his two years. Uh, so, what do you make of that? That he's got a vote of confidence from his head coach, Jamie. I don't think there's any other choice but to support him because he's going to be their starting running back. But he also said they're going to use Tariq Cohen and kind of make him Tariq Hill. So I think you're going to see both guys get work. Uh, Jordan Howard should get a lot of carries again, and I think he's a very safe number two running back. When you say he's going to make Tariq Cohen Tyreek Hill, do you believe that Tariq Cohen's going to get the type of workload that Tyreek Hill got no, last year. No, no, no. But they're going to use him in different ways. They're going to be creative with him. I, I mean, they're going to use him as a receiver. They'll use him as a running back catching passes. So he's going to get plenty of touches. I think he's more like uh, rookie year Tyreek Hill, where he was more yeah. involved in the running game, didn't get as many targets. That dude still was pretty good. Yeah, Tariq Cohen's pretty good. He Hopefully is. it's not DeAnthony Thomas, though, because that could also be a situation. Or Dexter McCluster. Or Dexter McCluster. Can we go back to the Le'Veon Bell thing? Wait, I, well, I want to talk about Jordan Howard, but sure. Go, okay, to, Le, okay. go, to, go to Le'Veon then, Bell. Well, let's, you want to finish we on Jordan Howard? auction strategy, I want to discuss that. Yeah, let's, let's wrap <laughs> Jamie, up. what if I want to spend $2? <laughs> no, 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 that's too much money. Let's uh, wrap up Howard. Is there a chance that the Steelers draft a running back with their late first-round pick or second-round pick? I thought, and, we, I thought we were doing Howard. Bug us. Uh, it's he's boring. Okay. Fine. Maybe they trade for Jordan Howard. Oh boy. Well, yeah. I mean, they they definitely could invest in running back. This could be the last year for for Le'Veon Bell. On the but Steelers. there's a difference between investing in a running back and using a big pick on a running back. They like if so they add, I I agree. No I totally agree. Maybe in the second round or third round, but not in the first round. 
There's so much talent in this. And, and they did it last year. They got James Conner. Who had trouble staying healthy. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of messy. Even if they I, did take I'm a running nervous. back, let's say in round two, would you ever think that it would eat into the workload of Le'Veon Bell? Depends on how good that running back is, really. The only way I would get concerned about the workload of Le'Veon Bell is if they sign him to a longer-term deal. Well, he's on a year-to-year basis. They have no reason to do anything other but just run him into the ground. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Let's do some rankings disputes. Later, we have your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. But you should download the CBS Sports app, and you should watch CBS Sports HQ. If you're a real sports fan, you're going to love it. It is news, scores, and highlights. It is really informative stuff, and it's entertaining. The hosts are great. I mean, the everything is great. We're really proud of it. So please check it out, CBS Sports HQ. I watch on my Roku all the time. You can watch on Apple TV, on your connected devices. Uh, again, download the CBS Sports app. and uh, It's 24-7, and it's free, by the way. CBS Sports HQ. Yeah, you don't even have to sign up. Yeah, there you go. All right, Heath, let's put your rankings under the microscope. David Johnson. Now, very similar where you have him ranked uh, compared to Dave and Jamie if you just look at running backs. But if you look at top 200, you have David Johnson as your number 11 overall player. He's up to number 10. He moved up today. He's moving on up. Number 10, David Johnson, whereas Dave and Jamie have Johnson fourth. Uh, Dave has Johnson sixth in PPR. You got the wide receivers going ahead. Um, but yeah, number 10, David Johnson. Well, He's not going to go that late. I listened to this podcast, um, has really, really good auction strategies and yeah. a very smart host. And this host is always providing good information about how difficult it is to be an elite running back on a really bad team. And I'm kind of oh, worried the Arizona quite, Cardinals carefully, though. are going to be a really bad team. Uh, okay. Carefully let, to let, the host argument. Let's talk about that then. Yeah, because I did. <laughs> I, I I came prepared to discuss this. Uh, Jamie, what would you like to say about this running? Great no, no, running no. Back. I mean, your argument is if the guy catches passes, he's still okay. So yeah, in PPR, definitely. So this is what's happened over the last four years. I I want David. Let's say we want David Johnson to be a top five running back because without going through all the numbers, clearly he can be a top ten running back. Uh, for example, Jordan Howard has done it twice in a row. And I have him fifth at running back. Okay. Now, do we want him to be a top five running back? Yes. Everybody who drafts him is probably drafting him as a top five running back. Can he be a top five running back on a really bad offense? Over the last four years, 2014, Matt Forte did it. 2015 was the weirdest running back year ever, and a lot, and like, Todd Gurley did it, Devontae Freeman did it, like a bunch of running backs did it. But that, that year like barely counts. It, it was so weird. 2016 to 2017, not even close. Uh, DeMarco Murray was a top five running back in 2016. He was on the worst scoring offense of the top five running backs. They were 14th. And last year, Melvin Gordon was on the worst offense of the top five running backs, and they were 13th. Now, without going through it again, if you look at the notes, I broke it down. I mean, most of the top five running backs are on really, really good offenses. So, yes, Heath, I share your concerns about David Johnson finishing as a top five running back. Uh, uh in standard, specifically in standard scoring, and, and specifically because the team could be so bad. And to be clear, I have him ranked as a top five running back. I've got him fifth. I just don't feel as certain about him as I do that first and really second tier of wide receivers. So I, I don't necessarily, I think I have him behind one running back that Dave and Jamie don't, and that's Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. But I have him in the top 200 behind a lot of wide receivers that they have him ahead of. I just feel more confident in the production of those wide receivers. 
Guys, what do you think? Dave, Jamie? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to reserve the right to change my mind after the draft. I want to see what the Cardinals do first. Uh, I'm nervous about that team. Nervous about any team that's got Sam Bradford at quarterback and the backup is Mike Lennon. It's not good. Not good. And the offensive line, definitely they're getting some guys back who are healthy. I, I, I'm worried about them too. I almost feel like you have to buy into David Johnson as a pass catcher and almost expect him to get you, uh, goodness, probably along the lines of 35 to 40 receiving yards a game in order for him to get to that level of where you're drafting him as a number one running back. But he's the main guy in the offense. He's got fresh legs, as fresh as you can get, because he didn't play last year. Remember, he sat out the season because of a wrist injury. And, you know, bell cow running backs, he's going to get a lot of work. It's it's going to come back the other way, provided he stays healthy. Uh, the Rams' defense is going to be tough, but the rest of the division I don't think is that dangerous for him as a running back. The schedule, everybody's schedule is going to be bad this year. No one's going to have a cakewalk of a schedule. And, and I think David Johnson on volume, on catches, and on goal line work will get you what you want in fantasy, and that's why you'll take him with a top-five pick. You said how many receiving yards a game? About 35 or so. All right, so he averaged almost 60 two years ago, so I think he'll do that rather easily. Um I, right. I, I love his, uh, his role, his touches. Um, I, I don't, I don't see that changing. He, he may have a tougher time with the, the, you know, to get to 20 total touchdowns. That's not realistic. Um, will he be 2000 total yards like he was two years ago? That's probably not realistic, but 1500 total yards for a guy that's talented as he is. And as we saw in his rookie season, when I believe he had the fastest play in the, in the league on a, I think it was a kickoff return. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's, he's a difference maker. And so, um, it may not be as pretty as it was two years ago or, or the expectations that it was from last year because of what's around him. But, you know, uh, A, to what Dave said, you know, I don't think it's fair to fully judge what the Cardinals are right now because they could still go get a quarterback um, who could um, maybe be the starter because I think if they draft somebody in the first round, whether they move up to get, let's say, Lamar Jackson or, or maybe somebody better if uh, if somebody falls, that could change the tenor of what this team looks like. And, and I, I just think he's just a, 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 an elite talent. And so I'll always buy into an elite talent before I see what the finished product is. All right. Next ranking is about a Seahawks running back, Chris Carson. Firmly a low-end number two for Dave and Jamie in standard. Jamie's got him lower, 29th in PPR. Heath is, like, basically not even considering Chris Carson right now. 39th in standard, 50th in PPR. Heath, why do you hate Chris Carson with so much passion? Well, the difficult part of the, of the exercise <laughs> is trying to decide before the draft who a team's starting running back is. And when I went through into that with the Seahawks, I decided it was pretty much Russell Wilson. This team's defense <laughs> is not going to be good. The entire game plan, I can't see another game plan besides Russell Wilson run around like crazy and throw crazy passes 40 times a game. And I don't – like Chris Carson's had one good game in the NFL. He had injury problems in high school. He tore an ACL. He had injury problems in college. He had an injury problem last year. And he's not currently, like, he's in a competition for the starting job. So I just, I don't really have a lot of interest in that. But he's in a competition with who? Mike Davis. Okay. So it's not. I mean, it's a seventh round draft. He's a seventh round draft pick. He's not, he's not David Johnson. And Mike Davis was okay. He looked okay when he had chances to play. He didn't have very many big games. That's for sure. I, I, I'm a big Chris Carson fan. I think the Seahawks are going to have to spend their draft capital at positions other than running back. It's going to take somebody else coming in there who looks as good, if not 
better than Chris Carson for me to move him down. But I don't know that it's going to take someone else coming in there for him to not be good in fantasy. Like they because they could just, go with someone else, or they saying. could just not be able to run the ball again. Mm-hmm. Right? Is that a concern? You know, it could be like the Lions. <laughs> it doesn't matter who the lead back is; you're never getting good production in, in the past. You know, it could be just a really bad the Giants, right? It's but Carson. I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's what you're kind of thinking, Heath. Is they're just not going to have a good running game. I don't expect they're going to have a good running game. I don't expect they're going to run the ball a lot, and I don't expect they're going to run the ball efficiently. Well, they won't run the ball a lot if they end up playing from behind and their offensive line doesn't help them, and that's that's football. But I, I like the addition of DJ Fluker at guard. They're going to have Dwayne Brown at left tackle through training camp and the start of the season, and I'm sure they'll draft another lineman along the way. And so I, I wouldn't rule out Seattle's offensive line from being decent. Okay. And that'll that'll help encourage them to run the football, and it'll certainly help Russell Wilson throw the ball better. Next ranking, Juju Smith-Schuster. Dave and Jamie have Juju low-end number three wide receiver, 33-35 in the rankings. Heath's got him 22nd in standard, 21st in PPR. Heath, why do you love with such a passion Juju Smith-Schuster? I mean, have you followed him on Twitter? No, actually. He is a, a lot of fun. Uh, son might get himself in trouble a couple of times, but that's okay. No, I just listen. I've got Ben Roethlisberger as my number four quarterback too. I've got really high expectations for the Steelers' offense, and I expect Juju to get a bigger share of the targets than Martavis does. And that that's risky, but he's a better player, so that's the way they should do it. I'm concerned about Smith Schuster's targets and touchdowns in an offense with Antonio Brown. Because when Brown, he was great when Antonio Brown got hurt, and he occasionally came through when Brown was on the field. Yeah, he was incredible when Antonio Brown got hurt. Last three games of the season, Smooster uh, scored. I'll just call him that. <laughs> uh, scored 11, 13, and 20 fantasy points in standard scoring leagues with six, six, and nine catches. Brown missed two of those games completely and got hurt pretty early in that New England game, as you, if you recall, in Week 15. So he was great. Before that, he had two massive games, week eight at Detroit, week 10 at Indianapolis. Um, but then, then also, what, he got a concussion, right? Uh, Juju? He got suspended. Oh, he got suspended. Okay. He missed week 12 and he missed week 14. One was a concussion, one was a suspension. Okay. So yeah, Jamie, uh, you want to comment why you have Juju as a low end number three rather than a low end number two, like your counter, like your buddy Heath? Yeah, we, I mean, we talked about this previously and Dave hit on it. it it's, it's the target share. You know, you, you saw what it was even in the playoff game where Roethlisberger threw the ball, what, 50 times, uh, 50 plus times in, in the game against Jacksonville. Sounds right. And Smith Schuster was not really involved until he had the garbage touchdown. I think he had three catches for five yards on five in the targets. Last yep. Sc- score of the game. I, I just think he's going to have some big weeks and he's going to have a lot of weeks where he disappoints you as well. So. Um, he's, he's feels more of a number three receiver to me than a must start guy. Um, and the one thing that would change that would be if they somehow moved on from Le'Veon Bell and found a running back that does not work as much in the passing game because at best, Miss Schuster's third in terms of targets. And I think you'll see whether it's Vance McDonald, whether it's Martavis Bryant, there's just going to be some weeks where he doesn't get the targets that he needs to be successful. So it could also be, you know, here he just needs one big play because he's a great player or a very talented player in an offense that's prolific throwing the ball. But I just don't see him being a, a weekly starter for your fantasy team throughout the course of the season. Last one here is Alshon Jeffrey. We've talked about David Johnson, Chris Carson, Schmooster, 
And here's Alshon Jeffrey. We avoided Carson Wentz, but now we're sort of incorporating Carson Wentz because Heath obviously is the low guy on Wentz. Also the low guy on Alshon. You have Alshon 21st in standard, 28th in PPR. Uh, Jamie has Alshon 18th in standard, 21st in PPR. And Dave is in love with Alshon Jeffrey, 13th in standard, 14th in PPR. But Heath, this is your big day, so you tell us why you're the low guy on Alshon. This is my big day. Big day. I, I really appreciate that. He got a, plenty of targets last year. In fact, more than I expected him to. He was not very good on a per-target basis, and the, really the thing that saved him, nine touchdowns on 57 catches, 47% catch rate. I think Carson Wentz has got, got some touchdown regression coming. If there's one person that's going to hurt, it's Alshon Jeffrey. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how, I don't know why he only caught 57 of 120 targets. That was very weird. Well, eh, I mean, it was kind of weird, but if you look at his career, 52 of 94, 54 of 94, it wasn't that weird. That's, He's been anywhere between better. 55 and 60%. He did play most of the season rate. last year, at least according to the Hurt. reports with a separated shoulder or torn. And that would, that would make a difference. And he has played most of his career hurt. He's had hamstrings. Sure. Like when he went to Philadelphia, sure. the reason he got a one-year deal is because yeah. of all of his injury problems. It was one of the reasons why I didn't want to. Well, it was also him. it was also the PED situation at the yeah. end of his time in Chicago. But he's a he's a touchdown magnet. He had a year with ten in Chicago. He had another big year in Chicago. I don't know how many it was. And then he had nine last year. And I I, I don't see how teams can double team him and feel good about themselves in the red zone when guys like Zach Ertz are there. The running backs are going to make plays. This is a creative offense. Doug Peterson has done it. You saw it in the Super Bowl. They're going to keep doing it. And I don't mind projecting Alshon for eight plus touchdowns. I think he'll, I think he's going to deliver for fantasy owners at least half the season. Okay. He was 15th in standard, 20th in PPR last year. And Jeffrey did have rotator cuff surgery in the offseason. So we, but do you see him, you see him more than 60 catches though? That's the problem for me. I don't see his numbers really going up. Well, I think he could be somewhat the same. He's had two seasons. His first two seasons, Jeffrey had 89 and 85 catches. Is he just done from being that player? Well, he got 150 targets almost in both those years. Yeah, that's true. And he's on an offense that will spread the ball around. And he's on a team with a defense that might actually limit. This is This is helping Heath's argument. That defense could be better this year than it was last year. But he, he be, had these 85. There'd be a couple of games where Wentz, you know, goes off for 250 and one and the run game for Philadelphia, if it's a Jying and Clement, that's great. They combine for three touchdowns on the ground. He, he had these big seasons, 85 catches with Brandon Marshall on his team, right? Was it both years? I mean, it was yeah, but that one. was those two guys just getting fed the ball. Yeah. That was Jay Cutler going. There was nuts. no, there was no Zach Ertz on that team. Uh, he averaged 49 yards per game last year. Yeah, it was a, it was a strange year. No, he he was made by his touchdowns. Mm-hmm. All righty, so let's get into our wish list for every AFC team. We'll do NFC on Monday. Also, we'll get some draft guy on on Monday show and get some some draft insight for you. It could help you with your with our podcast league contest. Uh, email address fantasyfootball at cbsi dot com, and that's about all I have to say. So here we go. AFC East. What's your wish list for? The New York Jets of the third overall pick. I mean, they gotta get a quarterback. Okay. I kind of want them to take one of the quarterbacks that I don't like as much. Why? Because I don't think it's a good situation there. And so I would rather, like, I, I really like Baker Mayfield and I don't want him to go to the Jets. Is it not that good of a situation? It's not that bad, right? They have some talent there. Well, what, 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 
I don't understand what the end goal here is then. You don't want it, you I, don't want them to be better? I don't, well, I don't <laughs> know if this is wish list for players we like or wish list for what would make them better or wish list for what makes fantasy better. No, I get yeah. it. I get what you're saying. You want one of the better quarterbacks to go to a better distance. That's totally cool. I get that. Right. But I guess then I don't understand the exercise. Are we trying to the best, the best situation for these rookies to have fantasy success? Is that your? No, I think it's what the teams are going to do, but Heath says, yeah, Heath agrees. Take a quarterback. Just Heath doesn't want it to be one of the good quarterbacks. Right, but that that's the thing. I I don't understand what we're trying to accomplish. Don't take like, it so, so seriously. Just have no, fun no. But what's what's the, what's what what are we wishing for? NFL this, team wish Yeah, that's what everybody else is wishing for. Yeah. All right, let's move on. So the Jets need a quarterback. How about the Dolphins? Quarterback. No one knows how to. I don't want. Them, I don't want them to take a running back. I don't want them to sign C.J. Anderson. I want them to be completely happy with Frank Gore. So that way, Kenyon Drake can be considered. Uh, a 15 plus touch rusher. They're taking the running back at some point though. Yeah, I would like for them to take a quarterback as well. Okay, at 11th overall, did you guys mock them on HQ? The Dolphins? Yep, we did. Who'd, who'd they take? They took Josh Rosen. Oh, Josh wow. Rosen fell to 11. Okay. Uh, now Tannehill's good enough to keep Rosen on the bench for a while, right? If he's no. healthy. I mean, he hasn't, uh, played in 16 <laughs> games. I want the Dolphins to get a quarterback and a trainer to make Devontae Parker become alive so that we can finally see his potential met. I think I'm going to be a Devontae Parker guy this year. Okay. How come? Cause he, cause he's copying. Cause no one else is and you're going to be able to get him late. They got 150 targets to spread around. They got Albert Wilson Landry. and Danny Amendola. <laughs> They've got 140 targets to spread around. <laughs> uh, Buffalo has the 12th and 22nd picks. What what is your uh, Buffalo Bills wish list? I think they should take a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> they should. They definitely should. And they're not going to take a running. Well, not early anyway. Uh, do they need defense? I mean, you can also say defense here. Just FYI. No, they need a quarterback. <laughs> of the teams we've talked about so far, they need it the worst. Okay. And the Patriots then, 23rd and 31st overall. You're going to love our mock draft on HQ. Yeah, don't say anything else. Yeah, just when it comes to the Patriots and quarterback. Uh, um, they need offensive tackle. Yes, keep Brady healthy. Okay, well, Brady's probably. They also need a tire. They need a deep ball receiver. Brady's. No, they have about seven of those. <laughs> Just none of them are good. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't Kenny know. Britt. Kenny Britt, Malcolm Mitchell, Jordan Cordell Patterson. You're right, man. These Jordan guys Matthews. Stink. Chris Hogan's their best one. They're gonna turn Cordell Patterson into the player he was supposed to be. They need Frankenstein to. Sew together Patterson, Mitchell, Dorsett, and Kenny Britton to one player. Where are the hands? <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> Edelman. AFC East is kind of boring. Let's go to the AFC North. Cleveland, first and fourth overall picks. What do they do? I do not want the Browns to take a quarterback. Really? Oh, you like Tyrod? I want to see Tyrod for a year with those weapons. You're going to. You're going to see him for four games. I'll take the over. I think he'll Five play. <laughs> I think he'll get at least half the season. Remember when we did this with, with Deshaun Watson and Dave was right because he came in like the second game, but then he got hurt, so then Dave lost the bet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember. Uh, no. Speaking of bets, yeah. Uh, yeah. When are you gonna wrap? Yeah, I know. If like I gave you the song, we're a little busy this week and it next week, so it's weeks. gonna have to come after that. Can we get a deadline? For me? Yeah, you're in charge. He's, he's turning to you. You're the boss. This is your podcast. Well, I think we should Your do listeners. it. I think we should do it during training camp when we have more listeners. Like okay. the opening of I, training camp, Dave raps. I'm 
Wrapping so, I that wish. Sounds great. Maybe our first position preview show. <laughs> uh, that, that I don't know about that, but uh, opening of training camp. <laughs> All right. So the Browns at first and fourth overall. Do you think they take Barkley? No. 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 Okay. So they will. They're going to take Josh Allen. Let's say number one. What do you think they do at four? Chubb, if he's there. Trade. Trade. All right. So we wish they trade. Baltimore at sixteen. They need to take a quarterback. <laughs> Wide receiver or tight end? A tight end would be good there. Yep. The only tight end that's going in the first round is Goddard, right? No. Really? Yeah. Hayden Hurst could go in the first round. Okay. Or neither of them could go in the first round. Uh, so I don't really love the destination if they that, take a tight end. No. Baltimore loves to throw the ball four yards downfield. They, they get a young tight end that stays healthy and like learns things quickly. He could catch 60 passes. I think this would be a great spot for DJ Moore or Calvin Ridley. A lot of Some, people think of Ridley speed. just because of uh, the Alabama connection. Yeah. I don't want to run a receiver here. I, I don't know if you'd ruin him. I'm not sure if that would be the case. I think this offense could be a little bit better than people think it is. Well, I mean, the last receiver they drafted worked out really well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he Harry he Benz. couldn't stay healthy, and he had some receiving issues <laughs> when they when they receiving issues him. for a receiver. That's not a good sign. <laughs> no, no, no. That's true. I'm not the one who drafted him. But I, I think if you add Ridley to Crabtree and John Brown, they need a receiver. They got to get somebody with speed who can stay healthy. Didn't they sign Ryan Grant? No. Oh, well, they tried. Well, that's, yeah, that's I don't know if of. that would have helped in this regard. Fool you! All right, Cincinnati, twenty-first overall. What, what's on the Bengals' wish list? Go Offensive ahead, line, quarterback. No, they got Andy Dalton. They've got a good quarterback. They need about seven offensive linemen. Yeah. And that could be really significant for fantasy, right? Definitely. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And specifically, they need guys that can do zone blocking because I think that is what will help Joe Mixon. They more. need guys that can run block and pass block and zone block. All the blocking. All the blocking. All right, you could be looking at a Will Hernandez out of UTEP, perhaps. Um, we have a mocking. We have one mock that has them taking a center. Uh, James Daniels out of Iowa. So, yeah, that's mm. what the Bengals could be looking at. Uh, that's another team that, and I, this is going to sound nuts, it's another team that could use another receiver. Probably wouldn't, won't do it in the first round. Because it's but they got they a great last one year. last year. I know. They they need another one. They can't have Brandon LaFell as their number two guy again, can they? Okay, Pittsburgh at 28th. What do the Steelers do? Defense. 100% defense. Okay. Boring. That's fine. It makes sense. Although... We do have a Darius Geis. Look at this mock draft. I'm looking at CBSSports.com mock draft. We have Darius Geis. It's like got a bunch of people mocking. Darius Geis, um, Rashawn Evans, which is a linebacker, um, Calvin Ridley. Oh, no, there's a mock trade from Pittsburgh. All right, so Darius Geis is an interesting – that would be weird. Uh, AFC South, Colts, sixth overall. What do they do? Oh, please let them get Barkley. That would be awesome. Yeah. Or someone. Please let them not get a quarterback. Because if they draft a quarterback in the first round, that tells you all you need to know about Andrew. But that might help us. I mean, at least we know then he's not right. Wouldn't be ranking him at least. Yeah. I, I think you'll see them if, um, if they get, let's say, uh, if they go Roquan or somebody else defensively in the first round, they're going to take a running back at some point, round two or round three. 
Okay, yeah. I mean, they definitely need a lot of defensive help. Round two's gonna, round two running backs is gonna be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. I think they should trade down. The Colts? Yeah. They really did. They should keep on going because they need a lot of help. The Titans have the 25th pick of the draft. What do the Titans do? Defense. Yeah, I'd go defense. Yeah, seems like there's a consensus there. Defense for the Titans. The Jaguars have the 29th pick. Lamar Jackson. <laughs> that, that's not a joke, right? No, that was not a joke. Yeah, I, I, I like it. Yeah, I can see them going uh, tight end as well. Uh, they could also be in the market for receiver. You know, just they have a bunch of guys. They don't really have a a clear-cut number one guy to play receiver there. So maybe somebody, maybe DJ Moore, maybe Cortland Sutton, if Calvin Ridley falls. Uh, but I, I could see them in the market for Hayden Hurst too. Let's say they take a rookie receiver. Who would your favorite Jaguars receiver be? Still Marquise Lee, but I probably wouldn't draft any of them. Keelan Cole, PPR. Leonard Fournette, that's it. The Texans do not have a first or second round pick. They have the fourth pick of round three. Where do you think the Texans focus on in this draft? They could take a tight end. They've, they've always liked kind of playing multiple tight ends, and they've lost Fedorowicz. They still have Stephen Anderson, but he's all they've got right now, right? They got a lot of they got a lot of average Joes at tight end. Anderson, Ryan Griffin. Uh, they they got Matt Langle, former Patriot, off waivers. This is exciting stuff. All right. They could definitely use a tight end. But <laughs> I don't think any of the good end. ones are going to be there in round three. Now they're not going to be a team with a major fantasy impact in the draft unless they move up. Um, but would they go running back, do you think? They could use some depth there, I think. I I don't think they will. They've got Foreman coming back from his injury. Plus, they've got Lamar Miller. I just think that that's a position that they don't need to focus on. I'm I'm concerned about their tackles. They've got Julian Davenport. Yeah, I think offensive. Chantrell Henderson is their starting tackles. That that's that makes the Patriots look good. By they they also talked about um, Alfred Blue still being brought back. Yay. Yeah. Okay, to the AFC West. The Denver Broncos have the fifth pick in the NFL draft. Who are they selecting? I wouldn't mind if Saquon went here. Yeah, I'd, I'd be okay with it. Uh, maybe offensive line too. Yeah, offensive line in round one, like Quentin Nelson in round one, and then a running back in round two would be very exciting for fantasy, right? Yep. Yes. Yeah. That would be. I would like that running back then. Yeah. Oakland tenth pick. Defense. A hundred percent. Yeah. You imagine they'll draft a wide receiver at some point though. Um, I mean, given the fact that their one is young in Amari Cooper, their two is collecting Social Security, Jordy Nelson, and their three is terrible in Seth Roberts. So, yes, they probably need to address that spot. Okay. Chargers have the 17th pick in the draft. What's on their wish list? Defense. And offensive line tackle. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they take a running back in the second or third or third or fourth round. I would be. They didn't talk I think like they, they like thought Eckler was a number two. You did, you did get that from the combine from, uh, Anthony Lynn? Yeah. In terms of talking about wanting a, a little bit more of size from the second guy. But, but it he, might be a fifth or sixth round pick too. I, yeah. It, it'd be kind of fun if they took Hayden Hurst. You had Hunter Henry and Hayden Hurst. <laughs> I, I think there are so many like older backup running backs that are available because nobody wants to sign these guys with the draft being what it is, that they could also take a veteran guy just to have for depth, too. Like DeMarco. If DeMarco just sure. wants a job. Sure. 
The Chargers have a talented team. They really do. Right? But they they need some they need help at tackle. The interior offensive line is pretty good when you look at it. Dan yeah, Feeney, Mike Pouncey, Force Lamp's going to come back. Yep. They could use they could use tackle. I, every mock draft I've seen, because I had them in this mock draft that we did, uh, was McClinchy as an offensive tackle from Notre Dame or interior defensive line. So I won't tell you which pick I made. <laughs> okay. And the Chiefs do not have a first-round pick. They have the 22nd pick of round two. The Chiefs. Just take a bunch of offensive linemen and make sure Patrick Mahomes stays safe. Okay. If they could, if they could somehow give them four seconds in the pocket every play, they'll go four seconds. <laughs> they'll they'll, they'll put gonna, up thirty five a game. They're going to score on most of those plays with with Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins. All right, yeah. So offensive line makes sense for them, and they don't have a first round pick, so I don't care about the Kansas City Chiefs. There, I said it. Emails wow. and tweets. Yeah. I mean, they're they're not in as good a place as the Giants right now. Well, not not next Thursday. No, of course they're not. Uh, Mark from Middle River, Maryland. A lot of M's there. A lot of alliteration. I have played in just one league, so not sure how different league rules handle playoff rosters and moves. But one thing I noted from last year's FFT shows were the waiver wire pickups uh, during the playoffs. My league freezes the roster at the beginning of the playoffs. Is this common or uncommon? I prefer freezing the rosters during the playoffs as we have to consider our roster depth and plan for three games. I also hate the idea of losing to an owner who benefits by having a better waiver claim spot, uh, ego, ergo a poorer season, and subsequently benefits from very late season injuries. Your thoughts? So, are football rosters frozen throughout the NFL playoffs? I know, like no. in, in baseball, in, you they mean are. in real life, right? No, then I think I don't think it should be. I don't think it should be either. If you are going to freeze them, then I strongly recommend having deep benches. Don't just have five bench spots and try and get a backup for every position. I think you should expand that for the playoff teams. Let them add players off waivers and then freeze them if you're going to do it that way. Why is that fun? Why is what fun? Freezing it. No, I don't like it. What if your quarterback well, is isn't that something? theoretically to challenge the owner and say, okay, you're, this is your team. Let's see who's the best and who's built their roster. Okay, and then somebody so gets that's, hurt. That's the argument people and, use playing into week 17. Is the team that's built the best roster should be able to handle. But you know, weeks. going into week seventeen, at least there's some semblance of an idea of who's going to play and who's not going to play. You don't know who's going to get hurt in week fourteen if you have a bye, and then you play. Like I just go back to that one team I had um, three years ago at this point, where I lost. Andy it was Dalton. week fifteen. The week fifteen master. No, it was week fourteen. I, I it was. Okay. I lost fourteen. I lost Andy Dalton to the thumb injury and Thomas Rawls to the broken ankle, and I lost in the first round of the playoffs. But there are a lot of people that had bye weeks. And you don't have those players. So imagine if you're stuck. That, that would stink. Yeah. Okay. So let me, let me propose two solutions to this problem. Cause, cause the part of it that I do get is the frustration of a lower seeded team having a worse season and getting this great pickup late for the playoffs. What if you either A, use FAB, which I think is everybody should do, free agent acquisition budget. FAB yes. is the best because that makes it's like you- an auction every week in your league. Yes. And there's two strategies. One, how much do I bid on the player? And two, I gotta save my money throughout the season to make sure I have something left for the postseason. Um, but the or other you thing don't would spend any money at all, and you just <laughs> go with the cheap. What if you spend one dollar every other week, <laughs> and then when you get to the playoffs, you've got ninety-two dollars. You've got a nice view from the sideline because you're not in the playoffs. But um, what if you change the waiver wires during the playoffs and give the higher seed the first waiver wire priority? So you're going to make the better. 
the the teams that were better in the regular season even better in the playoffs. Yeah, they've earned that. They've earned the waiver wire priority. Or you have where waivers don't reset. Yeah, could do that too. Uh, all right, hey, just food for thought. I but think how many scenarios though does that happen? It could happen. Uh, I, I don't no, know. No, it could. It, it, it could, and I'm sure it has. I'm just saying, like, how many times has there been a guy week 14, 15, 16 that's been added that was so out of the blue that became the difference maker in the playoffs? Oh, I, I would, I would think. Somewhat often, just a like a running back gets hurt and Brandon Oliver has a big game or something like that. Did that happen a couple of years ago? I, I'm I'm agreeing with you that do, it does happen. But oh, it like, does happen. It, yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. is it so much to the point though where there's that guy that comes completely out of nowhere? I don't know, but I I can understand the frustration of the uh, the waiver wire priority thing, and I think there are ways to change that. But I I don't think any of us are in favor of freezing rosters, so don't do it. Um, sure. But if you had to do it that way, at least have a rule that says that if you lose a player in the playoffs, you can replace him. Maybe that's the only way you should be allowed to pick up a waiver. No, but at least this way I can't pick up a a breakout player off waivers and just have him sit on my bench so you can't use him after you lost Thomas Rawls and Andy Dalton in the same week. Why Why did I think Brandon Oliver? Somebody took over for Melvin Gordon late in 2016? I don't know. You guys think, th- figure it out. Nathan Schultz, what's your take on Superflex leagues? Everyone in my league turned it down. I would like to change their minds. I enjoy doing one or two of them per year. I do think they make a lot more sense now since there's like 40 starting quarterbacks that could be top 12 this year. Hmm. What if you're in a Superflex league, but you don't know you're in a Superflex league until the league is actually over, except for the fact that the league is called the Flex League? <laughs> Oh, what sorry, if, sorry, inside joke, I'm not allowed to say it. What if sorry. in a super flex league you just drafted one quarterback and left the other spot open? Right, a super flex league is where you can play a quarterback if you want as your flex. Um, I, you know, I what like be, you know what would be more interesting? You can play a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, or a kicker. Or, or a defense as your flex. You can play any position you want as a flex. It's dumb. It's not dumb. You're dumb. Speaking of dumb, I need to apologize to you. Um, Whoa! Earlier today, well, I figured I'd wait until the end of the podcast when nobody was listening anymore. Uh, earlier in the podcast, or earlier in the day, I criticized you for not knowing what pearl snaps are. Yeah. Eighty-seven uh, percent of my Twitter followers ah. do not know. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked, but I should not have made fun of you. I don't know what that is. I don't know either. It's this shirt. It's those buttons on his shirt. Oh. oh. Yeah. It's a country style of shirt. Yeah. Oh, those are nice. Thank you. I do sure. like them. They are nice. Yeah. Okay, nice. Daryl from – oh, no, wait. First, uh, C. Miller. Azer strategy. DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller or Michael Thomas and Cameron Meredith? Which do you like better, considering you can get Meredith later than, than Fuller? Hopkins and Fuller or Thomas and Meredith? The Texans. How can you go against the Texans after last year? I'll say the Saints. Okay. The, C. Miller actually called this the Azer ship strategy, which is which is good. I'll take the Texans just on the fact that they don't have two great running backs on their team that's going to hog up 450 plays. I've seen that I could start both Texans receivers. I don't know that I could start both Saints. Right, exactly. That helps. But you're not drafting Meredith as a starter. No, but I don't think that – I don't know – well, I guess it's probably the same for either. I don't know if either guy benefits if the other one gets hurt. Where, in New Orleans? Or I don't know if Houston? Meredith becomes a star if Thomas goes down or Will Fuller becomes a star if Hopkins goes down. Uh, no, but well, they Fuller both... will be the one to go down. 
All right, Daryl from Columbus. Hey, Kenny, Omar, and Jim. Heath, Kenny, Omar, and Jim? Yeah. Cleveland Indians? What sport is that? <laughs> 12 team league. Each the one team. Where you Darvish ruins your fantasy team. Each team gets to keep one player with their draft position from last year. It moves up around every year. The league wide discussion every year becomes what should be announced first? The draft order or the keepers? What do you guys think? Well, you hate to be the guy to keep a player for the, fir- for a first round pick and then get the number one overall pick. Yeah. Because then draft you could order. have used that pick to, you know, not, you could have kept somebody else and then used that first pick in your draft to keep the player that you want to keep in the first round pick. I don't understand why any sort of keeper leagues would not have the previous order of finish because you know everyone is in the league from the previous year. And so it should just be how you finished the year before to determine your draft order for next season. I can't imagine doing a keeper league where we don't know the draft order before selecting our keepers. That's crazy, Daryl. You tell your league, draft order first, then keepers. We've got a Dynasty League trade from Aaron in Maine. And he says, Dear Robert, Ray, Joe, and Lorraine. Hmm. Yeah, I also don't know. Jarek McKinnon, giving up. McKinnon, Danny Amendola, and the second round rookie draft pick. Sixth pick of round two. McKinnon, Amendola, and the second round pick of the rookie draft for Le'Veon Bell. Yes. A plus. Yeah. You're getting Bell. You're doing great. That's outstanding. Uh, this is from Joe from the Gateway to the Midwest. That would be the St. Louis. Heath, is that true? Uh, yes, that is true. Isn't that the Gateway to the West? You don't know that, Adam? I thought it was the Gateway to the West, not the Gateway to the Midwest. I think it is actually the Gateway to the West. Uh, by the way, those- So then, what is the Gateway to the Midwest? Is that like Lexington, Kentucky? <laughs> uh, it all shows St. Louis, Knoxville. So. Uh, by the way, those uh, Robert Ray, Joe, and Lorraine was the cast of uh, Goodfellas. I, that's stupid. All right, Joe from the Gateway says, "Dear Ronald, Dave, Jack, and Carl, we'll come back to that. Ten-team PPR league. You can keep a player for three years. Each year, uh, you're moved up one draft slot. I can keep Antonio Brown in the first, or <laughs> Le'Veon Bell." <laughs> in the sixth, in their last year, this guy, I think he voice typed this, so the typos are great. So, Antonio Brown in the first, in his final year, Le'Veon Bell in the sixth final year, or Josh Gordon in the eighth, or Mark Ingram in the eighth, and I can keep them for three years. I'd keep both the Steelers and go win the league and figure out next year's keepers next year. Le'Veon's the easy one. I think you can only pick one, right? So it's Le'Veon. No, I, th- I think two. I think no, you can pick two. Uh, so Le'Veon's one. Who's the other? Ingram. Ingram in the eighth. Yep. Okay. Then Brown, then Gordon. He says, uh, "Die Hard" is a Christmas movie, and Jerry Maguire is a rom-com. So he's he's one for. Uh, I was gonna say, if you didn't continue after the Die Hard, this was a shock that you actually picked one that supported an argument against yours. I keep but, I, all the time. I'm very fair. No way. This is from uh, from AC. Where's he from? Bayside. <laughs> twelve t- uh, twelve team peeper. <laughs> the peeper league. Wow. What are the what are the rules in that one? 
12 team PPR keeper league. Adam would be a star in the peeper league. (laughs) (laughs) Has that story been told? The story's been told it, but it was a long time ago. Outstanding story. Do we, do we tell it again? Adam will probably edit it out. No, I'll tell it. I'll tell it after we read these two emails. I'd Uh, like to read your sleepers, breakouts, and busts in the peeper league. (laughs) 12 team peeper league, PPR keeper. Every year the round value gets cut in half. So keep three. Gurley in round one. Mixon in round four. Devontae Adams in round five. Deshaun Watson round ten. Josh Gordon round ten. Andrew Luck round eleven. Pick three. Gurley and Adams are the easy two, right? Adams for sure. A Gurley for sure. And I'd go Gordon. Yeah, round ten. Twelve team PPR, everybody's gonna have a stud quarterback. Yep. But Gurley in round one, though, I mean. Well, if you don't, though, he's not just a first rounder. He's the number one overall pick. Yes, but what he doesn't, we don't know where he picks, right? No. So So assuming you don't have the number one overall pick, Gurley should be kept. Right. Okay. Dennis says, dear Trent, Doug, and David, first three running backs drafted in 2012, all busts. 12 team league, which uses a maximum of 30. Add drops for the season. How much of a higher premium would you put on drafting top tight ends, quarterbacks, and DSTs? So you can't stream quite as much. Only 30 add drops. That's well, that's like two a week. Um, so how much more would you of a premium would you put on quarterback, tight end, and, and DST? DST none. I'd probably say none on quarterback either. A tight end for sure would be the one where I would tr- – Take be two. Much, be much more interested in getting a top six tight end. I'm not sure if I'm on the two tight end train yet. Um, I might bump Jacksonville up around. Yeah, I, I, I think I kind of feel like a DST that you can start just about every week is pretty valuable because you could be stuck with a terrible DST and get a zero. Well, would you have said that about Denver last year? Maybe, but I mean, accepting the fact that there are busts at every position every year, that is, that is the most streamable position. So, you can't stream DSTs in this league. You know? You gotta take a good one. Well, you can. Not really. Two, two moves per week? Can't prioritize a DST. Well, you're not gonna do it every week. I guess. I mean. I mean, I, I don't necessarily think you have to, uh, take the Browns or the Raiders, but you don't necessarily have to make defense a priority. Would you take the Eagles or the Falcons? I wouldn't take the Falcons to begin with, so no. Those are the two teams that will play the first game of the NFL season. Ooh. The, the schedule leaking. The fun of the schedule. All right, so let's set the scene. CBSSports.com offices in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, it's not just the office. It's the men's room. Yeah, you walk into the bathroom. You walk into the men's room. First thing you see, you got the sinks on the right. You walk a little bit farther. You got three sinks on the right. You walk a little bit farther. You've got four urinals on the left, and you've got th- uh, four stalls. To the right of the urinal. So in between the urinals and the stalls, what, six feet? Nah, ten feet wide separating the two? Eight feet? Eight feet. What? I haven't been there in a while. Between the urinals and the stalls? Five feet? Five feet. It's like a prison bathroom. There's like three and a half, four feet. Five feet, I think. I think six is right. Sure. It depends. Like between the actual urinal or between the man standing at the urinal? Well, I I think if you you were to just do it, it's like an azer and a half. (laughs) Okay, right. So if you're sitting on the can, you're looking at the urinal if the door is open. But, of course, the door is closed. 
So when I go pee in the bathroom, I prefer nobody be in there. So I like, I, you know, you, you, you check the stalls. <laughs> there, there are no what? legs. There, oh, all the right. doors are open. If all oh, the stall right. doors are open, you know there's nobody right. in there. Okay? I'm, scar- right. I'm scarred for life. But there's one stall, the third one, the door does not stay open. It's always closed. So you can't know if somebody's in there. So I go to pee, and I had to look. And there's like a crack, you know, that you could look through to see if somebody was in the stall. With the number one pick in the peeper league. <laughs> and somebody was in the stall. Yes, so. Why would you look in the stall? I wanted to know if I had privacy. <laughs> to pee? I wanted to know if I had privacy, too, until I saw your big face. <laughs> <laughs> Are you in there? You didn't know that story, Heath? I had not ever heard that story. Of all it's, people he peeped, he peeped me. It is so, well, thank goodness. I mean, think of who it could have been. And not from his perspective. I haven't let him live it down forever. But how did you know I saw? You didn't see me look, did you? You, of course. What do you mean? You I, looked. I cannot believe that. Well, I, I just wanted to know. I wanted to know my surroundings. You always got to be cognizant he of your surroundings. He didn't like, like, just look like, the, first off, the I'm space between the doors is very big for oh, an yeah, average, yeah, yeah. average. It's almost well. an inch. Yeah. It's almost an inch. And so all of a sudden, like, I'm like, why is Adam looking at me? <laughs> I didn't look for long. I turned right around. So what do you do when you walk into the, those restrooms and there are people in there? Do you I, just, like, hang out outside until everybody leaves? No, nah, I still pee. I just am not as comfortable. Not as, uh, not as so excited to be. Regardless. Yeah, I'm going to go, but I'd like to know. I'd like to, I like. got to know what's, what's around you. You always got to be looking. You're uh, always looking to see feet under the stalls, aren't you? If you, If I needed to, yeah, but... But usually you can tell because the doors are open, but not in that particular stall. Jamie picked the wrong stall. What do you want me to say? All right. We're out of here. Thank you all. Um, pick the wrong friend. <laughs> I can't. It would have been better if it were a stranger, right? Like someone that you didn't well, know. We've, we've had some, we've it. had some very interesting stories, bathroom stories in our office. Uh, there was one time where somebody fell asleep and was snoring in the bathroom. No way. Uh, really? yeah, we called him sleeping poopy. Oh my God. Um, there was another time where uh That's the best nickname you could come up with? I came up with that nickname. That's terrible. Sleepy. It's that's... stuck. Oh, it stunk. We could also call him Shoeless Joe. There was another guy who uh somebody what well, he what he saw him taking his shoe his shoe off, right? Or something? Took his shoes off in the bathroom. Right. <laughs> and saw them underneath the, the door. <laughs> you know, make fists with your toes. Oh, I, I, I get that reference. Merry Christmas. See you later, everybody. Is that an admission? That's an admission. Nope, bye. That's an admission. <laughs>